If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And we're rolling. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Inside Try Show with me, Helen Murray, bringing you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. How are you? I want to try and bring you some good news this week because here in the UK, we just keep on getting quite a lot of not great news. So I'm going to try and bring you good news. Okay, so first up, we have actually been able to leave the house after our self-isolation. So that was amazing. And going for the first run, we were both really excited the night before. It's like, yeah, we can actually leave the house tomorrow. And then when we were outside, it was just bliss. We went quite early, avoided lots of people and just having the air and feeling the cold and oh yeah it was pretty epic so if you've had to do the self-isolation thing you will absolutely get what I mean it was glorious legs felt a little bit heavy from not having been able to run for you know over a week or whatever it was but oh it was so so good in other good news Sarah True is this week's guest She's an all-round excellent human being who is not afraid to speak from the heart or have a laugh too. So maybe a little bit like me in that sense. So that is coming up. In other good news, Eleanor Doody, you absolutely rock. So Eleanor, thank you very much. Eleanor has just signed up to be a patron of the podcast, which is very cool indeed. And if you want to do the same, you can just head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and by doing that I don't have any sponsors at the moment as you can probably tell it just helps to cover some of the costs so like the website hosting like the equipment that kind of thing and it goes a massive long way to enable me to still be able to do this week in week out so yes thank you so much patreon.com forward slash inside try show you can just buy me a coffee or a glass of wine every month now in other good news john has been in touch after the mark beaumont episode about I don't know if you heard it, but he was talking about the arrows going in and the arrows going out. And I really love this concept of actually sometimes if you just need to have a few more arrows going out to feel a bit better about yourself, i.e. doing stuff for others, helping other people. And John said, it's codified something I've been thinking about for mental health. When things are bad, do good for others. And I guess I do... A bit of the arrows out stuff with my work in cancer and exercise rehabilitation and it's crazy when you realize that you are doing good for other people it's uh, it's mad joanna thanks for getting in touch joanna says how good was this episode meaning the georgia and jess one she says 
It is a great listen for all triathletes, but especially those new to or considering the sport. When top pros are this friendly and relatable, it helps to strip away the fear factor of triathlon. So true. Paul, you loved it. John loved it too. If you haven't heard it yet, then head over to insidetrishow.com forward slash listen. Head to episode 59. So this is the one with Georgia Taylor-Brown and Jess Learmont in conversation. I don't really say much. I let them let them just chat away. It's very, very funny. And they're just, yeah, basically it's like you're a fly on the wall. It's cool. So go and enjoy that one. And Jess... I hope you're on the mend soon. This is not Jess Learmont. This is another Jess. You said that you've had a week of being a complete lazy bum, but then you did a team turbo on Saturday. I think that sounds like a perfect mix, Jess. Time for this week's interview. Hands up on this one. I am a huge fan of this week's guest. It's American pro Sarah True. Now, I think Sarah is a really fascinating woman because she is so intelligent. She's so articulate. She's really genuine. She doesn't hide her thoughts or feelings. She's spoken really openly about her struggles with depression, especially after the Rio Olympics. She's ridiculously honest and she's very, very funny too. So she is a total dream to talk to. In the world of triathlon, she has achieved so much as well. And I think she's a real role model for so many people. She was fourth at London 2012 at the London Olympics. She was also fourth on her debut at the Ironman World Championships in 2018. And I don't think I would be alone in saying that I would love to see her on the podium at the Ironman World Championships before she retires. She's also married to Ben True, an American track and field athlete. And you need to know that because of what we say during the interview. Enjoy. Sarah, you've got your coffee in. <laughs> Is it coffee? Just water. water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've got some water here as well. It's all good. Um, Sarah True, how are you? Oh, I, by 2020 standards, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's all relative, Ellen. <laughs> This is going to be going out in 2021 anyway, so, you know, you'll be... Oh, yeah. you'll be... <laughs> By 2020, 2021 standards, just absolute crap. But, you know, you got to scale to the moment you're in, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so how was 2020 for you? Uh, oh, just spectacular. You know, there there are always upsides, right? So I think as an athlete, I'm an eternal optimist. And I try to see the benefits where, you know, in moments where it may feel like there aren't many. Uh, I have been home in one place, have not left, you know, a 60 minute drive from my home since March. And I have rediscovered how awesome where I live is. You know, the only human being I really see is my husband, and we still like each other, which is nice. Uh, you know, total benefits. And then there's this other part where as professional athletes, you know, a lot of the times we just put our heads down, we're training, we go from race to race, and we don't really step back and develop other parts of ourselves. So I think this year has been great for that, where I've really been able to pursue other interests, you know, be more than just an athlete. And those are upsides. I, I love racing. I love training with goals, like most of the people who listen to this podcast. But uh, it's, okay, it's okay that I didn't get 
to do what I love to do and get to focus on other things too. And one of those things which I am really, really excited about is the fact that you have gone back to school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have not been in school in in the longest time. And it is, uh, you know, it is very satisfying. It's similar to sport in that it's competitive. So, of course, I want to be top of my class. I want to absolutely crush it and destroy some people's dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Were you like that when you were at school originally? (laughs) No, it's it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse for sure. In school, I was happy to get good grades. Sorry, you say marks, get good marks. But now there's a slightly greater competitive component. But then again, because I don't have that that outlet in sport, maybe it's all getting channeled towards being the top of my class. So yeah, I have been taking some graduate level courses to kind of prepare for my next career. I know it's, which is wild, but I... 2020 has provided me the opportunity to kind of step back and think in a couple of years time, what do I want to be working towards? And is, is, would you say that it's really the first time that you've thought and been able to think properly about that? I, as deeply as I have, it's the first time. So, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that, especially once you, when you go through periods where you're not racing well, when you go through moments, phases of doubt about about your athletic career, it's really normal to think, what else can I be doing? What else should I be doing? What's next? And I, you know, I've had a long career, so I've had quite a few of those moments. The second you're healthy and racing again, you know, it's it's easy to put that aside. And, oh, I'll, I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. And also, you know, as we get older, your sense of yourself, you know, what you want in life, it changes, it evolves. You know, we all go through uh, different transitions in life and it's hard to anticipate what you are going to want to do. Uh, You know, I've had this one career for such a long time and where I thought I was going to be 10 years from now is totally different from where I am. So I'm, I'm so grateful that I really, really was able to take the time and examine what I wanted to do next. And so fill us in. What are oh. you studying? Because this is the this is the bit I really love. Yeah. So I have to get in, but uh, I'm applying for my doctorate in psychology, in clinical psychology. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying too, because it means I will be in school essentially for another five years, which is overwhelming, but it's worth it. You know, I I I being a very motivated person, I realized that um, I enjoyed the academic work more than I remembered. And I think it's going to go by fairly quickly because I'm really interested by the subject matter. And there's a clear goal in mind, and that is to get my doctorate so I can start working with with patients. And would they be athletes or actual, like, yeah, what what kind of patients? Uh, you know, obviously an, an easy entry point for me is through sport. And that is always going to frame my personal experience with mental health and with psychology. But yeah, I would like to work with athletes, but I'm not limiting myself to that. And what is it in particular about psychology that has really kind of grabbed you? Hmm. Well, I just think that 
you know, my, my career as an athlete has been, it's been a holistic approach in the end where, where mind and body are, are completely connected and how I perform it's reflective of, you know, the mental patterning. Um, and it's that intersection between the two, how, how they relate. It's absolutely fascinating to me in my, in my lived experience to be able to put the layer of research and scholarship behind it and understand some of the things that I know intuitively is completely fascinating to me. Can you give an example? Ooh. Well, that's hard. I haven't started school yet here. <laughs> come on, I'm expecting doctorate standard. <laughs> ah, come on, I haven't gotten to the program yet. Jeez. Um, uh, I don't know. I think I Well, like an example from your from your racing career, whereby actually perhaps if you had understood a little bit more about that relationship between mind and body? Oh, so one of one of my very first lessons very, very early on was I was an athlete who would put a lot of pressure on myself and went into competition with a lot of anxiety. And a lot of the the you know the physical symptoms I would have during racing had nothing to do with what was happening exclusively, basically from the neck down. There was that interaction that only through doing psychology was I cognizant of the, the relationship between the two and able to, like I, there was a period of time where, have you heard of vocal constrictive disorder? No, but it's, like you just, cool. you, you feel like, you have an asthma attack kind of happening where what actually happens is in the vocal cords, it starts tightening. For me, I don't want to say it's exclusive to how you manage anxiety, but for me, it was a matter of understanding my personal anxiety and understanding the pressure I was putting myself into and recognizing when it started happening and trying to bring myself back down and understanding the relationship between, you know, how my body was responding to the anxiety and making sure I didn't get to that point where breathing was hard, but that really required me understanding my thought patterns. So again, I don't have any psychology backgrounds, just like I said, through lived experience, but I think a lot of the, my understanding at least and if we have listeners who are, you know, trained in this and just rolling their eyes, <laughs> please send me a note. Again, <laughs> total humility. I think of so many of the the chronic conditions we are dealing with in this modern life, a lot of it stems from what our lived experiences, the thought patterns we have, the, you know, I, I even see in myself, for example, if I spend too much time on social media it starts triggering these thought patterns that in turn have physiological effects. And it ends up being this positive feedback loop where I'm not sleeping as well. I have, you know, more depressive symptoms where it's, you can't separate the two. And it's, I think my goal is to be able to help people develop tools to be able to manage whatever, whatever their thought patterns are to optimize, you know, and, tweak them a little bit 
to be able to seek out specific care when they need. Basically, we all are a little different. And being able to help people maximize the potential, that sounds so cheesy. No, it doesn't. But, it- <laughs> but that that has been what I, you know, I am no means a master of this. But I've I've seen how my ability to understand how my mind works has made me a healthier person, a better athlete. It's just the trickle effects are are massive. And I I would love to be able to package my understanding of that mind-body interface and back it up with science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Oh, this thing, this thing that I kind of understand, but not really, that just sounds good. I'm just going to tell it to you because there's a big industry for that in the U.S. The self-help industry is massive, but I like, I like me some science, baby. We'll we'll catch up again in another five years and you can bring me all the science, I reckon, Sarah. (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, the, the, the patient doesn't need to know the science. They just need to know that their the their clinician is using an approach that is evidence based totally totally and that they know what they're on about right yeah <laughs> that being said placebo effect is real so if i say just drink this Kool-Aid Helen it's magical <laughs> i'll be half downing it <laughs> yeah if you believe in me you'll be doing it and paying me 50 quid for it <laughs> so do you think sarah in your sporting career like being a triathlete is amazing but it is quite selfish would that be fair and are you now at this point where you're like actually I've had enough of that I want that giving back yeah so triathlon in a lot of ways has been an ill-fitting suit for me and that's that's such a that's a mad thing to say but incredible well, I, I, I have loved it. I have loved being an athlete, but I didn't understand it. it is, it is incredibly self-involved. You know, you are looking to your, your life is centered around one, that one thing, and that's to be a better athlete. And sometimes the people around us, they have to accommodate those, those needs. Um, so for me, you know, I definitely, I graduated from school with this instilled sense of, you know, need to serve community, need to be part of something bigger than myself. So that's why when I say it's an, it was an ill-fitting suit, I, you know, that that's just, I think that's core to how I was raised. And to put all of that aside and just say, it's all about me for the next decade, it, it felt very uncomfortable. And I would say the when things started to shift for me was when I started talking about my own, you know, being vulnerable publicly, talking about my own struggles with mel- mental health and trying to be part of that discussion to really normalize this. Because uh, it made me realize that, you know, you, you do have to separate your own ego to, ego to make yourself vulnerable like that in a very public way. Uh and the only way you can do that is if you recognize that somebody might potentially benefit from, from your experience. 
And the feedback I got was amazing. Um, you know, there, there are, it's not just athletes, it's all across the board. You know, the, the more we have these discussions, the more we normalize getting mental health care, recognizing that, you know, high performance, anything sport or otherwise is not incompatible with this stuff. It's just giving people tools to be able to negotiate the harder moments in life. Yeah. Yeah. And because I remember last time we spoke, you talked so openly. Do you almost think that that made you see a completely different side to to you as an athlete? Yeah. Yeah. Because I realized that being an athlete wasn't a fundamentally self-centered act. If you are willing to use yourself to connect with other people to empower them. So I think if I had continued to kind of wall myself up and, you know, present an inauthentic image of myself, then it would continue to feel false and not be a healthy, healthy career choice for me. But, uh, when I decided that, you know, basically forget it, I'm, I'm just going to put myself out there. And if people want to criticize me, that's fine. But in the off chance that there's somebody with whom this resonates, it's totally worth it. Has it almost taken a weight off your shoulders as well? Yeah. I mean, I know I've had a better relationship with, um, you know, so much of what we're doing is online these days, uh, especially this year. And it's made me see the benefits and that for me, that is creating community. There are obviously very, very serious negatives to social media and to uh, sharing online. And it's pretty toxic for the most part. But the, the upside is that we can create community. We can create connections with people across the world where there is this shared experience that uh, can only be beneficial if you are struggling and you recognize in another person similar struggles and they I think I think it's good as long as we continue that's the start that's the start of the conversation uh as long as we continue to keep building on that and making people realize that there is no right or wrong way to go around life it's you know (laughs) (laughs) we're all just doing the best we can and we all make a whole bunch of mistakes (laughs) talking of community right and I think podcasting comes into this quite nicely what do you get out of podcasting because you you now podcast as well yeah I did not think at the start of 2020 that I would be podcasting yeah I I'm doing two now (laughs) which is totally wild to me it's a good thing I like to chat Helen (laughs) watch any good thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it's not about me. And you realize this is that podcasting. Okay. Maybe, maybe if I were some comedian or something and I was just week in week out sharing jokes or if, or if I had an area of expertise that was really insightful, but that's not the way I podcast, you know, that those aren't the conversations we're having. It's sharing our thoughts, sharing our mistakes, just having a good laugh for the most part, but then also delving into subjects that 
I know people, they resonate with them. Um, or at least, you know, some of our super fans say that, <laughs> but the, and, and just talking with other people, you know, I think when I'm going to be right now, this is, this is strange for me because you're making me do all the talking, Yeah, but I, I, I really enjoy being on the other side and learning from people. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? It is. People are interesting. Yes. And I think from podcasting, you can have just from conversations, they just open up a whole new world. That's because you have curiosity. Yeah. If you weren't curious about people and their experiences, then you wouldn't be a very good podcaster or interviewer, Helen. No, honestly, but there, there trust me, there are tons of them out there. And respect to some of the triathlon podcasts out there. You know who you are. If you just have a laundry list of questions about, oh, tell me about this race. Oh, I noticed this one thing on your Instagram. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You, I wish you could see Helen's expression right now. Too. <laughs> uh, but that but that tells me that that interviewer isn't isn't very intellectually curious. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to know what X pros gear selection is. It doesn't, doesn't make, doesn't excite me. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in what makes people tick. Yep. Um, yeah. So Sarah, what's your um, gear ratio? <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't. I, I really don't care. Which bike? Which bike? <laughs> There's a time and place for all that stuff. Yeah. But at least I know the podcast I enjoy listening to. It's it's more about the human side. Um, yeah. You've nailed it. You see, that's why, and that's why I invited you on here because I know that you are an intelligent person who loves a good conversation. Well, thank you, Helen. I also know that you ask good questions. Tough questions sometimes, which is which is not a bad. Well, shouldn't we all be a bit more introspective and asking totally. the hard questions? Totally. You also know that I'm a big mouth, and I don't have a tremendously good filter. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, Sarah, Daytona then. Big questions. No, um, no. Why why didn't you race at Daytona? Complicated answer. I am not part of PTO. Who and that's a me? choice or? Yeah. Uh, I am totally open to being part of PTO moving forward. I still have some unresolved questions, um, mostly about, you know, business plan, things like that. See, you did ask me a tough question, didn't you? Yeah. So there was a part of me that, that was very much hoping for a wild card and I, I didn't receive one. So th that made the decision pretty easy. Uh, you know, if, if I had known, for example, back in August, 
I would have had to make a very difficult decision to travel in December when, you know, CDC is saying, don't do it. When, you know, my half my family's in healthcare, they would have not been impressed. But then again, on the flip side, here was this amazing opportunity to make money, which I haven't done all year. And because podcasting doesn't pay that well. No. <laughs> it's good fun, but it is good fun, but it doesn't pay that well. Uh, and I have a very large dog who eats a lot of food. Yeah. So I love racing. It would have been great from that standpoint, but it made it easy in that I didn't have, you know, months of preparation to get ready for this race and have to be faced with that decision. Did you watch it? Uh, parts. Yeah. Yeah. And was there a massive bit of you that wished that you were racing? Oh, I, I hate watching races I'm not in. Actually, I hate watching races I'm in even more. Um, I love racing. I love supporting people. So it's, it's just to do with me and my ego. Um, just my massive ego. No, it, there's always going to be that twinge. You know, I'm, I'm not in ITU anymore, but when I watch the short course racing, there's still going to be a twinge where I'm really happy to see people throwing down and I'm excited for them. But also this, you know, sense of nostalgia mixed with, you know, the, oh, put me in coach kind of mentality that even when I'm 50, I'm probably like, oh yeah, back in the day, back in the day, my prime. (laughs) Well, it could be anybody if they've, I don't know, anyone listening to this, maybe they've done the London Marathon, for example, Mm -hmm. and any year it comes on, even though you thought, I really, it's not for me this year. You watch it, you're like, I wish I was there doing it. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think, I think that is a testament to if you watch something that you love, and you don't want to be part of it, maybe you don't like it that much. <laughs> I know, honestly, if if I watched right now, if I watched a triathlon and it just left me cold and there wasn't a piece of me that said, oh, I just want to be in on the action. That to me tells me I've moved on. You I've hit mo- the nail on the head. I have moved on from the sport. There are other things that make me excited and triathlon just isn't it anymore. So the fact, the fact that it really hurts to watch other people racing, um, I, as happy as I am for them that they have, you know, these opportunities and, you know, watching Paula win was great. Uh, anybody who's followed her career, like that's, yeah. Like fairy tale. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, if, if you don't have that ambivalence, um, where that part of you, that, that twinge, it's it's okay to move on from sport. And I think I think that is honestly I think that like you explaining that is actually a fantastic sign that as you say yes it's okay to move on but equally it's kind of as soon as you get that twinge start thinking of other stuff, you know, mm. if you're that I honestly think in life that is one massive key thing. If you no longer get that full on buzz that you once did from something. One caveat. Go on. In relationships with partners, (laughs) let's be honest, the first couple years are very different from when you're like 10 years down the line. It just, it evolves. So, you know, you don't have the the first date kind of feels, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, what has it been like 
living together with Ben for the first time, you know, actually spending time together. <laughs> you, so you're you're absolutely right. Normally we are traveling around and it's chaos. Um, he is full on mountain man, like long hair, mullet, you know, it's not even a mullet. It's just completely grown out beard. You know, it's it's a thing. They have that I, look on your first date. He, not the first date feels in that way, but I love him even more in a deeper, more complex way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm a little grossed out by all the hair. <laughs> <laughs> there's, Did a, take- there's a very handsome face under there. I just, I had to squint to see it now. <laughs> Did it take a tiny bit of time to... Like, it sounds stupid to get used to living together for that duration. Yeah, but I I think that's most people now. Where where even if if you haven't been spending, you know, weeks away from your spouse because you're traveling around the world racing, most people, they have nine to five jobs where they're not in the same house as their partner and get to get, you know, eight to ten hours away from them. But not right now. Most most of us are still working from home. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I do annoying things when if I'm working. If we're both at the kitchen table, I almost talk under my breath, which I must have been really annoying when I worked in an office with colleagues because <laughs> I never realized. So it's much better if I can escape upstairs to the spare room. <laughs> Where you are right now. No, I'm currently in the kitchen. Oh, you are in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. The kitchen. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard you muttering yet, so uh, you've got that working for you. Well, but we're we're also, I think, how we conduct ourselves is different around our spouses, our partners. Is it possible we're a little too comfortable with each other right now? Uh, I don't know. Is there a lot of mystery in our lives? <laughs> no. <laughs> but are you happy? But we're happy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, that's the key thing. Um, <laughs> you know what I feel like? I just, this oh. just occurred to me. I feel like we have skipped the whole like middle section of our lives and we've gone straight to old age where the highlight of Ben's day is when the mail gets dropped off and he hears the truck coming through the neighborhood, the the, the postal service truck coming through the neighborhood from a block away. He's like, oh, it's mail time. This is what we're going to be like when we're in our 80s. <laughs> it's a preview of things to come, Helen. <laughs> Are you worried by that? <laughs> no, no. It's very comforting. We, we, just, we just need like rocking chairs on the front porch and we're all good. <laughs> Will you be going out running together when you're in your 80s? You know, Ben thinks in a good like five years he won't even be able to walk. So we from, might be- from because so Ben yeah. uh, elite oh, runner. Sorry. Yeah. So from basically from kind of his body will be a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So you know he's he's in his 30s. Uh, he's been running well over 100 miles a week for years on end, and every year is a little creakier. We might be riding bikes. Good. I like that. Yeah. Gravel, gravel bikes? Oh, uh, in our tandem? E bike. Oh, no. <laughs> no tandem. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> what kind e-bikes. of 
what kind of um, fun adventures have you been on this year, Sarah? In 2020, what did you get up to which you wouldn't have been able to do? Oh, my. I don't know if it's adventures. I've just spent a lot more time gravel riding and, and mountain biking, which has been an absolute blast. So normally I'd be preparing for racing. So the past couple of years, that's meant a lot of time in the aero bars. Um, I've ridden it. I try to ride it once a week, my my TT bike, but the rest of the week I just like to play on the dirt. And yeah, it's so much fun. Biking, biking, you get to be a big kid. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it is so your your coach is Dan Larang. Mm-hmm. Is Dan just uh, how what's he been saying to you this year? You know, we we've just been very very flexible where especially when I, I didn't have any races on the horizon. It was a, I think we, we approached this a lot as a recharge year. You know, I, I realized that I have never missed a season as long as I've been a professional where there were seasons I probably should have set out because of injury. Um, you know, I had one year where I had a sacral stress fracture from a bike crash and I probably should have, not continued racing and training through it. So in hindsight, I probably should have had some off years, but, you know, to intentionally kind of step back and not have that pressure of trying to get to a start line. Um, it's, I think it's been good for my body. It's been good for my brain. Yeah. So I, th- I think he's been happy just knowing that I'm active. Um, I just it also makes it easier for her, him as a coach. So he's he's spent a lot of emotional energy and you know shout out to all the coaches who are out there trying to keep athletes motivated when when they're when they're struggling this year it has been massive. So basically I took that weight off of him. I'm like, "Listen, we it's okay to not be motivated this year because they're there's nothing on the horizon. You know, I'll stay fit enough in case. So this summer I was saying, let's stay fit enough so that if there's something in the, that looks possible in the fall winter, then we can, we can pivot, but without that pressure of highly specific structure training. I've I've had so many years of that, you know, that must be just so, so refreshing. It's an adjustment. You know, I, I have, it's it's been refreshing, but also it's made me, it's really reinforced the importance of kind of that intrinsic motivation where it's so easy to get caught up in this is on my program because if I do X, Y, and Z, I get what, you know, this outcome and that's what I want. But to go out the door when there's nothing on your program, it's been about the love of it and you know it's it's reinforced that but that that's also been a shift for me where I've I've always enjoyed training I've always enjoyed the process but removing you know the end goal and the structure that leads to that has been a a big paradigm shift for me where we're really have had to kind of just focus completely on I'm going to go for a bike ride because I love bikes and I just, I just want to ride up this hill hard because it feels good. And like, I enjoy getting to the top feeling like I'm going to puke <laughs> just for the heck of it. <laughs> and do you feel at the moment, do you feel fit? Do you feel unfit? 
Do you uh, do you mind? I feel well. It's all relative, right? So in the real world, I'm still super fit. Yeah, but but in Sarah's world, in Sarah's world, I would say there are different levels of fitness, right? So I'm I'm not race fit. I'm not peak race fit. Uh, I'm not unfit. So I guess I'm fit. So I'm like the next step up. <laughs> Happy fit. Yeah. Well, I think if, if there was a race on my program 10 weeks from now, that was guaranteed. Uh, anything basically half and under 10 weeks from now, I, I, it would be hard to pivot to racing well in Ironman, but I feel like I could do a pretty good job. If you give me 10 weeks notice. So so there is a base level of fitness. Like I'm not sitting around just eating cookies all day, making fun of Ben's love of the mail. <laughs> and do you fit, what about motivation, Sarah? If like, because you've had this change this year mm. and because you haven't been like a slave to the training program, are you feeling like motivated to kind of give it one more crack next year? I say it, I, I mean Kona yeah. really, but. Yeah, yeah. I want to race again. That's all I know. You know, that's, we sit here, that's all I continue is, I would like to race at a high level again. What does that look like? I don't know. When like COVID 2021 comes along and we don't have a vaccine. Oh, that's so That's another matter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to go like too deep on this one, but Mm. I guess people will want to know as well. Um, I think you were meant to have some tests this year, weren't you? To like delve a little bit deeper into your body and what happened at Frankfurt when you collapsed very close to the finish line. Mm -hmm. So what's the latest, Sarah? Yeah, so so basically in racing last year, this happened a few times where I would get really lightheaded. My uh, heart rate would do weird things and I would black out. Um, not fun. Not not super fun. And you know, Dan, Dan Lorang said that was the worst moment for him as a coach, being in Frankfurt and seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, for, for, different, for different reasons, like it, because you do everything in your control. You know, you're, you're monitoring heart rate, you're taking liquids, you're doing the calories. Like it was my second year in Ironman. I'd learned from the year before this was going to be the year we we're going to step it up. And then you have your body being like, nah, nah, not going to happen. So yeah, back in, it was, it was, I was going to start doing some testing in March and then COVID hit, so we had to make a hasty retreat. We were we were out in Colorado. We had to make a hasty retreat back home. There's nobody around me that does um, autonomic system testing. So, and that's that's the avenue where we wanted to kind of delve into. Um, I think probably one of the reasons why I'm okay, just being kind of chill this year is it can't help or it can't help, but help yep. my body recover. Yeah. So if, if there's something that was underlying that basically is like, Hey, you're not completely back yet. You know, it's, it's time to give yourself time to full. Like I, I, I definitely regret after Frankfurt, what I should have done 
is what Deanne suggested, which was forget about trying to qualify for Kona. Let's put something on the calendar for, you know, late fall. Give yourself some time off. You know, give yourself a, a fighting chance of, of recovering if there's something that can be recovered. Uh, but I am too stubborn and I didn't listen to him. And I regret that because I'm like, I'm going to make it. And it's going to be okay because I'm fit. Just let me do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is why we have coaches, but we also should listen to them. When, when, did, when did you have that moment of, actually, maybe I should have listened to him? Uh Oh, so the, my, the, the race where I qualified was in August in Montremblant. And I just, I could not move. Like my heart rate was going crazy. Like I just, I felt, I was so frustrated because I just, I knew on paper I was very fit, but I just, I could not perform. Um, and I, you know, I had a good enough race to qualify for Kona, but I was so, I was so fixated on getting there that you forget what does it cost, you know? So the cost, like that was the last probably bit of everything I had. So the next time I tried to race, which was Kona, uh -uh. my body's like, what are you trying to do? By that, two yeah. fingers up to you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, like I said, I'm because I'm an optimist, the problem is I was not being objective enough. You know, I didn't, I didn't take a hard look. If I were coaching somebody else, it would have been a very easy thing for me to say, just shelve it. There will always be another race, but you're going to underperform. Even if you can get through the cone of course and your body lets you, you're going to underperform at this point. <laughs> but it's not what you want to hear. Not what you're, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. But, but that part of me is like, I am fit. I haven't shown it yet. I know I'm a better Ironman athlete than I was the year before. Um, but the the thing with Ironman, you have to be completely healthy. You need to be completely rested. Like, it's too long. You can't fake it. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, being fit's only part of it. Like, there, it's such a, it's so demanding systemically that... It requires more than just pure fitness to do. Do you that. think? Do you think some of that as well has triggered your interest in your post grad and your psychology and stuff? Totally, it's 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 all interconnected. You know, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I can't, honestly, I'm excited for you for 2021. Oh, so, thank yeah, you. thank you. What, like whatever happens, kind of race wise. You know, if you, if you get back to Kona, I think, my goodness, you're going to have a whole load of people willing you on. But then this other side of actually kind of Sarah after yeah. racing, like, yeah, so, so exciting. So I think what's crazy is like, I probably won't start until 2022, yeah. which feels like a lifetime from now but I'm in such a good place knowing what I want to do next. Yes. That then and pressure's that, off. Yeah. And it, that's, I, I've seen, I've seen my peers navigate this, this transition time. And it's so hard. I, I think if, if you, if you're a fan of the sport, it's, it's hard to really communicate to you. Like, 
this is this is this is our social life it's how we structure our time it's our self identity it's our income it's every parameter like most of your friends are fellow athletes so the second that you retire it's more than just finding a new job finding a new you know income stream it's finding yourself and your community and that's that's again. scary as well super, that's the thing yeah it's super and you can you can see why a lot of athletes uh you know they transition to coaching because it's a, it's a it's an extension of a world that they're already familiar with you know they they love the sport and i i've thought about it but i realized that to do it right i need to be as passionate about it as co- you know as passionate about coaching as i am about being an athlete and they're two sides of the same coin it's a very very different career path not all athletes can coach well Honestly, they're some of the best coaches in the world are terrible athletes. So I think I think we too often conflate the two. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you know how to teach it, doesn't mean you understand the physiology. It's it's really interesting to me to see how many amateur athletes want pros to coach them without realizing that actually a pro is probably the last person, like a retired pro, sure. Because they've been able to work with other athletes, they they've learned through their experience. But we are so focused on ourselves that it's hard for us to understand and relate to the experiences of others. I mean, even just in terms of understanding the life demands of somebody. I was going to say the other stress yeah. is the job. The no, you don't have necessarily time to get in the pool and do right. a six k set. Right, you know, fifteen hundred meters is probably more. <laughs> Some days. So if if you are a pro that's used to training 30 hours a week and your entire life centers around your career, do you really understand how to train somebody for an Ironman when they have a high pressure career, they have family, they have all these other conflicting interests, and they only probably have eight to 10 hours a week to train? Do you... can you does it, does it kind of does it annoy you or do you no 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 but but uh it doesn't annoy me but it just it gives me more res- it gives me tons of uh respect for very very good coaches of amateurs who who really really understand what they're working with um you know for most amateur athletes it's about life balance you're operating more as a counselor than as a high performance coach in a lot of ways. Yep. Yep. I do have a question for you from Thomas. And Thomas says she once mentioned that she's using maple syrup to fuel during training. Ever since then, I've been wondering how to do that. Do you put it in a bottle mixed with water? Or maybe you can buy small pouches of maple syrup where you live. Sarah, fill us in on the maple syrup. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so one of one of my one of my friends, he's a former Tour de France cyclist, uh, lives like an hour and a half away. He started a company that basically the energy gel, quote unquote, is just maple syrup in packets. Yep. Um, so I, I buy his product, love supporting him. It's called Untapped Maple. Um, I know there are some other brands up in Quebec. So Quebec is the number one producer of maple syrup in the world um you know we i'm not sure how i feel about that because i live from a 
we have a, yeah, there's a bit of competition, first, isn't there? A little bit of competition. They have the cornerstone in the marketplace. We, that's a discussion for a whole other time. There's a whole cartel. There's a maple syrup cartel. Anyway, uh, it, we'll do no. We'll do a uh, take two. We'll just do a whole podcast on maple syrup and nut butter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ooh. And together, so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I do. I do gel packets. Yeah. Yeah. So next time you're in the States or you're in Canada, look around, try it. You might hate it. I love it. It's it's very, very digestible form of sugar. Just like your normal energy energy gel, but maple syrup. Right. No, no additives, no preservatives. It's just sugar. Boiled tree sap. <laughs> <laughs> Fueled by trees, it's green. There we go. <laughs> Oh, Sarah, I've had a laugh again. Thank you so much. And oh, yeah, we're willing you on for 2021. Oh, you know, we're all in this together. Let's let's just all see each other on race courses. Fingers crossed. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. If you have enjoyed this interview, then please do tell someone else about it by sharing it on your social media platforms. It makes a massive difference. Now, you can be in with a chance of winning a totally unique Inside Tri Show bobble hat. Wouldn't we all want one? (laughs) My friend Mike knitted it, and that's why it is totally unique, because he only knitted one. So all you need to do is either be an existing subscriber or sign up to my regular newsletter. So I send out a weekly newsletter telling you about this week's interview, and then I send a monthly newsletter telling you more about behind-the-scenes stuff from the Inside Try Show, a bit sort of chattier. So head to insidetryshow.com, scroll down, and then you will find a sign-up form there. So yeah, sign up and you will go into a draw to have a chance of winning the Inside Tri Show bubble hat. And it's only until the end of February 2021. Also in the show notes, you will find links and discounts from the companies who support the show. So you can get money off Long Range Fuel. Now, Long Range Fuel is delicious performance-enhancing nut butters from the team over at resilientnutrition.com. They do pouches, which are perfect if you're on the go on a long ride or if you're training or hiking. And then quite honestly, the jars that they do are an absolute joy with a spoon. (laughs) So yeah, you can go and get money off there. You can also get money off 33fuel.com who do award-winning ultimate daily greens and absolutely awesome protein bars and energy bars, as well as chia seed gels. And then comfuel.co.uk offer you as a listener to this podcast, a whopping 20% off everything. They do a whole range of different sports nutrition. So comfuel.co.uk. So all of the different discounts and links are in the show notes at insidetryshow.com. That's probably about all my news this week. Although I could tell you about the ginger. Should I tell you about the ginger? (laughs) Okay. So I don't know if you've done this as well, but with the online shop, I ordered some ginger and I couldn't figure out how to order less than 0.5 of a kilogram. So I got half a kilogram of fresh ginger in our online delivery, which is quite a lot of fresh ginger. (laughs) So I spent a good hour of my life peeling said ginger and 
grating, said Ginger, to then be able to put it in the freezer. I have done better things. I mean, it was on a par with ironing curtains recently. <laughs> Not fun. Anyway, hope that's made you giggle. Look after yourself, look after those around you, and we will catch up again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.